to all of you who have listened, shared and connected with me, thank you. I started Empower with Mahi because my deepest passion is for women to feel empowered. My new business, Organize Her, is no different. The tools we create are designed to give the busy woman back her peace of mind by helping her keep her shit together and get stuff done. Our vision is for women everywhere to feel in control of their lives, confident within themselves, and have enough time for everything that matters to them. And I am so excited to announce that Organize Her has officially launched and our productivity planner is available now at our website in addition to our digital moneymaker budget tracker. Those of you who have followed along throughout 2023 know how much time and thought has gone into these productivity planners and I know I am totally biased because this is my baby but I am completely obsessed with the planner and I know you will be too. Our website link is in the description organizeher.co and from the bottom of my heart thank you for inspiring me to fulfill my purpose for your ongoing support and for being a part of this journey with me. Kia ora and welcome to Empower, the podcast that has one sole purpose, which is to inspire you to live your best life as your best self. My name is Mahi Sorensen. I'm a lawyer, girl power advocate, growing independent woman, of course. I'm obsessed with self-love and personal development. So now I'm also the host of this podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I will do my best to make sure that you can take something meaningful from this podcast and apply it to your everyday life. But for now, I am about to become your personal hype woman because it is my purpose to empower and I hope to do the same for you. Welcome to episode three. Today I want to talk about something which has been very topical for the last few years and that is knowing when to ask for help. So historically mental health used to be very taboo. I know that as my parents were growing up and in their generation, just never really was something that was spoken about. I think today society is a lot more accepting and understanding of mental health struggles and the impact of mental health on our overall health seems to be better accepted now than it used to be. For me, this topic is even more topical because as I record this episode, I'm at home on what would normally be a standard work day for me, but I am on sick leave or more specifically, I'm on self-imposed stress leave. So it's the first time that I've done this. And by this, I mean putting my mental health and my psychological stability first. There have been plenty of times that I should have done this in the past, but I didn't for a number of reasons, which I will cover shortly that will no doubt resonate with some of you. So I have a relatively stressful job that isn't uncommon for many. I find with my job... It becomes particularly stressful when I'm trying to navigate workplace or organizational dynamics and sometimes digesting the content and the realities of the work that I'm doing as well. Recently, I've had a few situations which have been really eye-opening for me in my position as a lawyer, just generally, and this isn't specific to my job, it's just something that I've seen now and that I would have seen regardless of where I was working if I stayed on this career path. I had always been told about how the court process is very destructive for people and for families. And I'd heard about it a little bit. A lot of people close to me have experienced divorce or have been, you know, the children of of parents who went through a divorce, often messy and often involving the courts. But I'd never had 
a real direct experience myself. I understood people would tell me court is is really damaging and really it's a really painful experience for families and I sort of understood that but the way that I've looked at court since I've been studying and now that I'm a lawyer is very much like this is a part of my job it's all been very process driven and despite the fact that I'm I'd like to say that I'm reasonably in touch with my feelings and I'm I'm quite an emotional person I compartmentalize so work is work and my feelings stay in my personal life which is what I try to do obviously it's not very human of me but I try to do it and I'm not even saying whether that's a good or bad thing for me it's a protection mechanism because if I let my feelings start seeping into my job I literally couldn't do it my job is too heavy the content of my work is far too heavy it would totally derail my entire life if I let my feelings overcome me when I'm working And so I've been working in court for just over 18 months now, appearing fairly regularly. This is in the family court specifically. But recently I have actually experienced and witnessed firsthand the destruction that I'd only heard about before and the way that that whole process can just rip people to shreds. And I, for the first time in my life, have seen people completely self-implode as a result of being a part of this process. And I find that really difficult as someone who thrives off empowering people and being optimistic as much as I can, the whole thing, and this is something I find difficult because I went to law school and now I'm a lawyer and now this space that I'd sort of been training to be a part of is... Not what I expected. I don't know if that's the right thing to say, but that's sort of where I'm at at the moment. It has been completely at odds with my personal values and I've been finding it really difficult amongst a number of other things. I find that if something at work is affecting you or something in your personal life is affecting you, it starts affecting the rest of your life unless you do something about it. So people have been asking me if I'm okay and I try not to be someone who says that I'm fine when I'm not because that's not honouring my feelings or being authentic. So I say that I'm not okay and that's about as far as I can get mainly because if I start truly unpacking it I know I'll crumble into pieces and I don't want to cry in front of people and I know that's not that's not necessarily the best attitude to have and I'm not saying that everyone should try not to cry in front of people but I'm not comfortable crying in front of people and I only do it if I truly cannot help it. Obviously at that point I realize that I'm actually not okay when people are asking me if I'm okay and I'm saying no. So I've started taking active steps to try and improve my situation. So that has been seeing a psychologist um, and I'm really grateful that my workplace made that psychologist available and taking time off. But I didn't do those things off my own bat and I wish I had, but I just wasn't brave enough to. It took some real convincing from the people in my life, which is why having a solid support network is really, really important, especially if you're anything like me and you struggle to acknowledge that you need help. I really rely on the people around me to give me that push when I'm not willing to do it myself. As a lawyer whose clients are also my colleagues that I respect and admire for the work that they do, But also as a person, I try to be the pillar of strength for the people around me, so much so that I absolutely neglect my own needs. I've had conversations with friends who tell me I'm the only person they know that isn't on antidepressants, and 
in my head, I start wearing that like a badge of honor, even though it is not, and there is nothing wrong with taking antidepressants if that's what you need in order to to get through a really shitty period of your life or if that's just what you need to get through at all there is nothing wrong with that but for some reason automatically I've gone okay well if I'm the only one that isn't on antidepressants I've got to be everyone's source of strength uh, which is extremely problematic and so appointing myself as that friend who will always be psychologically stable no matter what is also problematic for me because suddenly I'm putting putting a whole lot of pressure on myself to try and be someone that I'm not. And suddenly if I'm not having a good time, no one else is going to know about it because that's not the role that I've taken on as that friend or as that person for the people that I love. I admit that I hold myself to an impossible standard. And I think we all do. Like I've I've said in my last episode, we are too hard on ourselves and we hold ourselves to a much higher standard than we do the people that we love and the people that we care about. For me in the past, I've tried to convince myself that I'm strong enough to overcome my problems on my own or that I'm too privileged to even have a right to complain about anything. I think we're all guilty of this to a degree, but it's problematic and it needs to be unlearned because if we all start taking the position that we are too privileged or the situation that we're in is only as a result of the privilege that we've received throughout our lives, that it then means that we don't deserve to feel some type of way about it or have it truly start affecting our mental health. It's a major issue. And we're going to have a really difficult time getting past these things if we're constantly dismissing them. You are worthless to anybody if you're not showing up for yourself first. And I don't mean that in a way which is self-deprecating because I believe inherently that there is not one person on this earth that has nothing of value to offer the world to make the world a better place, which is probably why I'm so optimistic because I truly believe everyone can do something Big or small, someone can do something to make someone else's day better, which is why I'm doing this podcast, because I think it is going to help one person. If it helps one person, then it's worth doing it. I understand objectively that neither I nor you nor anyone else is worthless, but what I mean is that the best version of you is substantially diminished when you are not showing up for you or taking care of yourself. And that is inclusive of your psychological well-being. If you want to be a better partner, a better friend, a better parent, a better person, you need to show up for you first. And that means if you are having a hard time, you need to ask for help. If you know that you're having a hard time and you are querying whether you need to ask for help in some form, it probably means that you do. Likewise, if you're at a point where you're trying to minimize your problems, like I've already discussed all the feelings that you're experiencing you probably need to seek help whether that be a conversation with the loved one or making an appointment with a professional or anywhere in between what I've done in the past I'll go onto the websites like the government websites that have been put in place to help people struggling with mental health which I think is an amazing 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 initiative I've used the online tests that tell you like how depressed you are or whether you're depressed or whether you need to do something about it as a way to justify to myself in my head whether I should actually be seeking help. And I did this really toxic thing, which is that I decided that 
if I took the test and it didn't come up with a very clear diagnosis that I had some kind of mental illness, whether it be depression or anxiety or anything else, then I didn't need to seek help because I'm objectively aware of the limited resources that our health system has. And I didn't want to be taking them away from somebody else who actually needed them. And there are plenty of people that have proper medical diagnoses for mental health illnesses. And if I don't have one, I don't deserve to be taking up that space. That's not all good. And please don't take that example as a good way to be because it's not. That is something that I'm working through and that's absolutely not true whatsoever. Well, it is true. The health system needs more resources and more funding pumped into mental health. And I know that a lot of that has already been done, but it's never enough. And unfortunately, that's just the reality of the situation where resources are scarce. But that shouldn't be a consideration for you if you're seriously considering getting help and you're like "Mm, maybe I shouldn't do it because maybe I'm taking help away from someone else you don't even necessarily need to seek professional advice speak to someone that you care about or someone that you trust first perhaps in that conversation you'll be able to unpack everything that you need to but maybe you won't and at least then you'll have a second opinion from someone who is also encouraging you to go and get help if that's what you need to do Like I say, if you're even looking at this information, if you're on the websites trying to figure out whether or not you fit a category that would deem you to have depression or anxiety, it probably just means you need to talk to someone at the bare minimum and you don't need a diagnosis to seek help, which is a very important reminder that I have to give myself regularly just because you are that designated friend that's always strong or always has their shit together. It does not mean that you can't ask for help when you need it. And there is no weakness in doing that. It is normal and it is a part of life to experience difficulties. And I want to repeat that there is absolutely no weakness in asking for help. And it's something that has been repeated to me in the last few weeks as I've been going through it, because to be fair, I was feeling overwhelmed and burnt out and stressed about two months ago and I didn't do anything about it two months ago and it has just gotten worse and worse and worse and worse and I felt it start to consume me outside of work as well and that's when it's too much and as much as I love being someone who wants to set a good example and put on a brave face and be an inspiration to everybody all the time, part of being a good example and being an inspiration to everybody all the time is actually honoring my needs. And at this point, that is my mental health. And I, I encourage you to do the same because like I say, you are no good to anybody if you're not showing up for yourself first. You are never alone in your struggles. And again, if you are going through it and you are wondering whether you need to ask for help, this is your sign to do it. If you feel weird about like having this conversation with someone that's close to you, but you want to have this conversation with someone, it's me. And I'm telling you, go and seek help because we can't have a conversation here. I, you're just listening to me and I'm talking. And so I can't help you work through your stuff. Maybe I can through listening to my podcast and if that works for you then that's good but chances are you need to have a proper conversation with someone so I am telling you go and seek help in whatever form that may be for you a problem shared is a problem halved 
And also, I just want to reiterate, you don't even need to, like, be in a bad space to go and talk to someone. Whenever I'm, like, working with psychologists or working, like, speaking to a counsellor or whatever, and I've got a few sessions and we're sort of working through a whole bunch of stuff, usually, not always, but usually I've sorted through, like, my current issue in the first session or two. And then I've got a whole lot more sessions. And so it's like, okay, let me think about the areas in my life where I want to improve or like all of my problematic shitty behaviors that I have, because we all have them. And let's talk about ways that I can be better at dealing with situations or better at managing my feelings or working through stuff. So it doesn't always have to be like, you don't always have to wait for a really shitty thing to happen to you or to be going through some shit and then have that be the catalyst for going and speaking to someone. You can always speak to someone and there's always something to work through. So I don't want it to be like, this only applies to you if you're having a really shit time, because it doesn't. If you want to work on yourself, I know you do because you're listening to me, then it's something to consider. Like if your employer offers free counseling services, I know that's really common in New Zealand, take it up. And the amount of times everyone says, take it up, take it up. But like, you never want to, I don't know. I, I have a very toxic behavior being that I hate admitting that I need help. So I'm always like, no, I don't need it. I'm fine. But actually you've got nothing to lose, everything to gain. Highly recommend it. Try not to listen to the toxic version of yourself and do it because you'll never regret it. And even if you have a shitty experience and I've had a few of them with people that I just didn't really gel with, it's fine because there's always going to be someone else that is willing to work through your stuff with you if you are brave enough to give it a go. So with that, I will love you and leave you. In my next episode, I'm going to be talking about my favorite thing that I've been working on for probably the last year and a bit, and that is establishing boundaries and sticking to them and saying no just saying no so have a listen if you're keen to hear a little bit more about that but otherwise I hope you have an awesome day and make sure you do something for yourself that makes you happy